welcome to the Project Entrepreneur, the Tools podcast series. The goal of this podcast is to share ideas, tools, and strategies from entrepreneurs, investors, and other leaders in the startup community. This series will equip you with the knowledge and concepts to bring your business to the next level. What will you build and how will you build it? Today's episode, Harnessing the Power of Collaboration to Unlock Your Startup's Potential, was recorded at the 2018 Project Entrepreneur Intensive in New York City. It features Della Hyman, founder and CEO of the Wynwood Yard. My name is Della Hyman. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. When I was in college, I studied abroad for a little while. I lived in Mexico, I lived in Spain, I lived in Chile, and I started to get really exposed to different food cultures around the world and get very fascinated by them. I lived in Israel for a couple of years. I was working in a couple of different fields in manufacturing and in politics. And then when I came back to the U.S., I was really shocked to get re-exposed to our food system in the U.S. And one of the most disturbing things for me was that one out of every seven people is on um, is food insecure, meaning that they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Um, and they don't have access to nutritious food on a, on a regular basis. So um, I next went to business school. And while I was there, that idea inspired me um, to really think about business models that could help make healthy food more affordable and accessible to a broader percentage of the population. And so I did what many entrepreneurs do, and I um, started uh, a little business out of my apartment while I was a student. So I started doing focus groups and pop-up restaurants in my 50-square-foot kitchen. The first pop-up I did, 100 people showed up, and they were queuing down the hallway, and all of my neighbors were really confused about what was going on. And that sort of morphed into a business model um, called Delibles, which is a healthy, fast, casual restaurant concept. So in 2014, I moved to Miami, um, which is now my home. I, um, I started uh, pounding the pavement to open a restaurant, which at the time I thought was going to happen in three months, which if anyone works in the restaurant industry, that is not realistic. Um, and so um, I was very naive and very motivated, and I spent about six months at looking at potential restaurant spaces. And I looked at about 100 spaces, and none of them were going to work because Miami has a very inflated real estate ecosystem right now. And I knew that if I wanted to launch the concept and that if I wanted it to be successful, I needed to get into the market with lower capital barriers to entry. And so that experience inspired me to start a culinary incubator. And the idea behind it was to create a space for creative and cultural entrepreneurs, particularly in the food industry, to launch their businesses um, with a much lower level of investment than what we're typically seeing in Miami right now. So that venture is called the Winwood Yard. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it later, um, but it's basically Miami's first culinary incubator, and it's also a large community hub. And then within that, I was able to launch my Delibles concept, which is a plant-based build-your-own-bowl concept. Um, but basically, it's become um, a kind of collaborative community that took on uh, a kind of character that I never imagined. And then the last thing I can tell you about a little bit about me is that I'm launching a new venture um, with a business partner on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and it is called Jackson Hall. It is going to be uh, the first wellness-focused food hall in an institutional healthcare setting. So we're getting back to this idea of how to make healthy food more affordable and accessible in different markets, especially those that don't have access to healthy food on a continuous basis. So we developed five casual food concepts, a bar, and a community hub. It's about a 10,000 square foot space. And we're launching that on Tuesday in the second largest health district in the country, which is called the Jackson Health District. 
Right now, we're, I'm gonna tell you all a little bit about the Winwood Yard. What I wanna do is I wanna use my company as a lens for you to look at your own company. So we are going to look at collaboration through different lenses. It's going to encourage you to think about your relationships with your customers, with your team, with partners in the community, with people that you view as your competitors. We're gonna take a really holistic view of all the different lenses of collaboration. So in 2015, I was very exasperated because I could not find a restaurant space in a brick and mortar setting. And sometimes, you know, you look at something and it doesn't look so good and then you come back a year later and you think, oh, this could work. I uh, walked onto five vacant lots with lots of dirt and stones and trash everywhere and the rent was really low and I said, I can work with this. There was someone that had an old food truck on the site, he wasn't really doing anything inside of it. So I bought the food truck and then I created this concept of, uh, of an incubator. So basically within a couple of months, I had found some other entrepreneurs that were doing really dynamic things in the culinary industry and we put in a stage, we put in a little garden and we opened and 7,000 people RSVP'd to our opening party. And then the greatest monsoon that I've ever seen in my entire life struck Miami and it rained so hard that literally zero people came. Um, so it was a really interesting start, but everyone says rain is good luck and luckily they were right. So we evolved the ecosystem. So over the past two and a half years, it went from um, what I would describe as a glorified parking lot um, to a, um, a really dynamic community hub. So we have 16 local startups that are at the space at any given time testing out food concepts. Um, we have a vibrant stage where we work with local musicians on um, a nightly basis. We're running about 30 events a week out of the space. Um, they're everything from art classes to yoga to Pilates to essential oil classes, live music, fundraisers. Um, and it's just a rotating calendar of events. Um, and then we also work with local entrepreneurs on a lot of different levels. So we host pitch events for entrepreneurs. We offer pop-up opportunities. And since we launched in 2015, we've had over 200 local entrepreneurs participate in the space in some capacity to help get exposure for their products. We've had 30 entrepreneurs have long-term residencies and we've had 12 entrepreneurs go from uh, MVP, a minimum viable product at the yard, to a brick and mortar restaurant in Miami. So the whole idea is that we lower the barriers to entry for restaurateurs and creative and cultural entrepreneurs to enter the local market. And then we help provide them the tools and the platform to find a permanent home in our city. So that's a little bit about the Winwood Yard. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna talk about six different themes um, in the area of collaboration. So I'm gonna talk through each one, tell you a little bit about what it means to me and how we've been able to apply it to our company. So the first one is about creating a, an empowering culture. So this is about internal collaboration. So the idea is how can you create an inspiring, collaborative culture for your company? So um, what this does, what, what creating collaborative culture in your company does is it instills a sense of ownership in all of your team members that they are actually part of the process of building the company. So it's not I'm the leader and you do what I'm telling you to do, but it's we're working as a collaborative team there's no strict hierarchy here, and if the newest hire has a better idea than me as the CEO, then we're gonna listen to it and see if it makes sense. So another really major aspect of this is not limiting your, your imagination. So um, we've had people that are dishwashers on our team that have amazing ideas for how we can tweak a recipe, and we listen to them, and it's led to a lot of really important changes in terms of how our menu works. In terms of people, my recommendation is 
Hire the most brilliant people that you can find. Even if you don't know how to afford them in the beginning, they will pay for themselves. And if they don't, then they're not the right fit, as we were talking about. Building a collaborative culture is, about, is all about bringing the best minds together that you possibly can, bringing people to the table that are all about the bigger picture and about building a stronger team and not about their ego. And so really, like, if I can leave you with one thought today, it's the key to collaboration is surrounding yourself with the smartest, most inspiring people that you can possibly find. And I think the last kind of aspect of building an empowering culture is this. Right now, um, some of you may be really early stage in your company, so your hands are in every part of what you're doing, you're highly involved, everyone's reporting directly to you, and you're really seeing every decision that's made pass through you know, a conversation you're having or your computer screen. But as you grow and scale your company, building a collaborative culture is so important because you can't expect for everyone to rely on you to make every decision and what ultimately you're going to want to do is make sure that people are sharing your values and your culture when you're not in the room. And so I think the most important aspect of this is that as you grow, you really want to make sure that you're instilling the right cultural values in the team and making sure that everybody has a voice at the table and everybody feels empowered to take action and do the right thing so that they're not all coming to you to make these decisions and rely on you. At the Winwood Yard, um, we've done this in a couple of ways. We told all of our chefs and all of our cooks and all of our dishwashers and everyone that works in the space, whether um, they're a bartender, a server, we, we basically told all of them, this is an environment where we are all part of the testing and the development. And so we take different ideas. One of our best selling, these are, so these are my bowls. These are the Della bowls. And the two uh, most popular bowls on the menu are our Caribbean bowl and our Dale bowl, which is a Mexican inspired bowl. And they were both developed by people on my team. Um, they weren't my ideas. I did not start with them. Um, and uh, they developed them as tests and they were super successful. And now they're the two best selling items on our menu. This was a really incredible internal collaboration that my team launched. Um, so we have a, director of culinary and community affairs and she partnered with our events director and they approached Target Foundation about creating a cooking school on our site that would benefit wellness in the schools. And so, you know, this had nothing to do with me. This was my team working on the side um, and they raised grant money. They launched this class and now we work with local celebrity chefs to offer community classes um, and every class gives free spots to people who wouldn't typically be able to afford a cooking class and then also the proceeds go to promoting um, health in, in schools through a really powerful organization, Wellness in the Schools. Those are some thoughts about culture and building a collaborative culture uh, within your business. The next um, category is supporting local. This is something that I, I'm really passionate about. Um, if you don't support local or if you don't know what that means, then I would encourage you to really think about how you can weave in local aspects to your company. So that can be in your suppliers uh, and that can be in your collaborations. But basically for us in the restaurant industry, it's all about our inputs. So we're getting higher quality inputs from local vendors and local suppliers. Um, and we also are building a really strong community. So sometimes if it comes down to price, I'll choose a local supplier of tempeh, let's say, versus getting a national brand. The product is much higher quality. It's being made locally from um, products that are grown locally, processed locally. Um, we're supporting our local economy in doing so, and the output is much, is, is much higher quality. So people like our food better. So yes, it costs me a little bit more, but in the bigger picture, I have a product that has more integrity. And then I think that the ripple effects of that are tremendous because 
you end up with a whole network of local suppliers that basically become ambassadors to your company. So if I look at my menu right now, we work with a local popsicle company, a local cookie company, we work with a local tempeh company, we work with local drink companies. Everything that you see on the menu, the tea, the kombucha, it's all made within a couple of miles of our site. So all of those business owners feel like they are part of our company and they're constantly bringing their following and they're bringing their team. It creates a very, very robust culture of supporting your community and that always comes back to you tenfold. So I'd really encourage you to think about what that means. Some other examples of how we've developed this in this space. We developed a market called the Support Local Market where we created a weekend pop-up space for local retail vendors. So um, we had probably 100 companies um, over the course of several weekends come in and um, sell their products on our site um, and give them exposure to the local community. Um, we have, as I said before, we work with many, many local vendors. And some of these products, by the way, are things that I could make myself. But instead of making them ourselves, we outsource it to someone in the community because they, they have a higher quality product, they do it better, and we're supporting their, their business. One of my favorite local collaborations which is a company called Little River Box Company, and they were really doing a lot of innovation in the temporary, um, temporary structure space with containers. So we actually built a full restaurant on our site. It's called Charcoal Bar Garden and Grill, and this is one of the containers on the site. They're making it right up the street. They're fabricating it right up the street from our operation. And I think this is actually a really great story of how supporting your local economy can lead to much bigger things. So they built this restaurant, and it got a lot of buzz, a lot of interest. People had never had dinner inside of a shipping container, and they were so inspired by it. It led to two really big things. One of them was that we built a relationship with one of the global shipping carriers because this was here and they were so intrigued by it and they wanted to partner with us. And another one was that we're, we're doing a second location right now of the yard and we were starting to think about how we wanted to design it. Um, a man named Andres Duani, who if anyone is an architect here, you'll know who he is, but he founded the Congress for New Urbanism and he's one of the most brilliant planners and designers of all time. He's designed about 300 cities and towns. He wrote all the code for Miami right now, the new code. And he had dinner here. And he was so inspired by it that he normally designed cities, but he designed our next site, which is 1.2 acres. And he designed it with his team. And it was a tremendously collaborative project. But that all stemmed out of a local collaboration. We could have bought these cheaper from somebody else that was out of state. Um, or out of the country, but we worked with our, with our local collaborators and it just has reaped enormous, enormous benefits. The next thing is about programming partnerships. Not all of you work in spaces where you have events, but if you do or if you can integrate events or programming into what you're doing, it is one of the greatest tools for accelerating your business and your brand. Basically, what happens is you turn someone who has no relationship with your company and doesn't really care other than just a transactional relationship into somebody that deeply feels a connection with what you're doing and wants to serve as an ambassador for that connection. So we run about 30 events a week out of the space. We have, we're bringing together thousands of people on a weekly basis from every single walk of life. So the next one is market allies. This one is super important. So Market allies, a lot of times we think about our business in terms of competitive dynamics. We think about our competitors as our enemies. 
But what I would like to encourage you to do today is to think about people that are doing similar things to you as your allies and figure out how you can work together to make both of your businesses stronger. The idea is you can learn from diverse approaches and that we all rise together and that as the community becomes stronger that everybody does better if we work together versus trying to fight one another. I'll give you some examples of this, but I think the biggest one is sort of how we ended up designing the Winwood Yard. A lot of people said to me, why are you bringing in other food businesses? They're just going to take away your business. And our theory was a little bit different, which is the pie is finite if you have one company. But as you add more companies, the pie just gets bigger and everybody gets a piece of a bigger pie. So we started with five companies. We opened it up to 16. And I had people looking at me going, you are crazy. What are you doing? Your sales are going to drop. But our sales have continued to grow for each individual food business month by month since the day that we opened. Um, and the more that we add food concepts, the more that we grow the community. And so now not only can four companies do well, but 20, you know, 15 companies can do well. And then we provide additional opportunities for other businesses to come and to plug into our space. So this is just a little snapshot of some of our culinary entrepreneurs that work out of the space. And what we did is that we really made sure that this was curated in a diverse way. So everyone is working in the food space, everybody is selling food, but they all represent different culinary traditions. Um, so we have a Japanese concept, we have a Spanish concept, we have a new American concept, we have a Mexican concept, we have a Brazilian concept and it goes on and on and on. We do things in a lot of different cultural verticals um, and what I've seen more often than not is that the more that you seek to collaborate with different strategic partners, um, even if you view them as your direct competitor, that oftentimes it can help move everybody forward. And you might look at this one and say, well, no, like there's someone down the street and they do the exact same thing as me and it's either us or them. Um, However, what I found is even when I'm hanging out with people that are doing the exact same thing as me, maybe I'm not collaborating with them in the public space, but a lot of times we can learn a lot from each other. And for example, there, I have a vegan restaurant and I know a lot of other entrepreneurs in Miami that have vegan restaurants. We started doing collaborative community dinners. Uh, and so we would work together and they would design half of the menu, we would design half of the menu, we would all invite our audience and we would have 70 people all at one long table um, eating a farm-to-table dinner that was designed by culinary teams from both companies. And what happens is, yes, of course, you know, on any given day they could choose my restaurant or they could choose the other restaurant, but in the long term they know more about both of us and they recognize kind of the value in what both companies are doing. So maybe on one given day they're choosing them over me, but in the long term I feel that I actually got to tap into their customer base too and we all learn from each other. And it's a hard concept to grasp. Like, I have tenants that just in the beginning they just didn't get it and they would say I'm selling ice cream nobody here can sell desserts it's not fair and we would say doesn't work that way here um, and you know over time they came to see that the strength of the community at a large had a much a much stronger pool than them operating as a standalone operation so um, this is just a little snapshot of some of our culinary vendors and you can see it's all different kinds of food and our customers actually I think in the end they've really um, they like it a lot because they can bring their whole family or all of their friends and everybody can pick what they want and everyone can sit at the same table. So it really did make the pie bigger and more robust for us to introduce really competitive dynamics into one space. We're almost at the end here, but um, customers. So I really encourage you to view your customers as some of your greatest collaborators. So the idea is not just 
here's my product and you buy it or you consume it and that's our dynamic, but it's actually a really strong feedback loop where you're looking to your customers to help sculpt your thinking about what your product is now and then what it could be in the future. Um, so sometimes we get really negative reviews. Sometimes people don't like what we do. That's, that's entrepreneurship. I really encourage you to thank people when they give you negative feedback and to think about how you can apply it to make your product better. Sometimes that's really scary, especially in the restaurant industry. Everything is in the public realm. It's all on Yelp. People are airing your dirty laundry in the public realm, and it's scary. Sometimes we get emails. Um, sometimes we get private messages. Sometimes they're really nice. Sometimes they are really, really mean. Um, but what people really appreciate is when you take their feedback seriously, and then you figure out ways to actually do deep soul searching and figure out what this actually means for your company. It's really hard to grow if you're so locked into your own ideas that you don't want to hear other people's feedback. And the greatest givers of feedback are your customers. Sometimes your team member can also, team members can stay in the same realm of thinking. And so sometimes you need a reality check from someone that has no vested interest in your company other than just they want to buy or consume what you're selling. And you need to really rely on them to get some critical feedback about how you can make your product better. Product development is a really iterative process. What you start with on day one is probably not what you're gonna end up with. And by engaging your customers in that, you can build lifetime loyalty with them and get them really excited about what you're doing and make your product better. So some quick examples of this. We named our restaurant, the first one was Della Test Kitchen. So it's a food truck and it says, we are a test kitchen, which means we love to experiment. We ask questions, learn from your feedback, iterate, test, and continuously improve. And basically it goes on and on about how we really want customers' feedback. So one example of that, I had a, we first opened and one of our um, very loyal customers now was sitting at a table and I said, hi, what's your name? And he said, I'm Alan. And I said, oh, Alan, how's it going? And he said, it's good, but I just want to tell you something. Alan's very tall and lanky and skinny. And he said to me, I am a runner and I am really hungry and this is not enough food for me. And he said, <laughs> And I said, okay, that's fine, just buy a second bowl. And he said, he, he said to me, I love this food. This food is amazing, I would come here every day, but it's not enough. And I said, okay, so just get two. And he goes, I don't want two, that's gonna make me feel like I'm like a glutton. I don't wanna buy two, just I want a bigger one. And so I said, okay. So I, we huddled with my team and we said, we're gonna introduce a super size bowl. And so we did that and it's, it has the highest margin of anything on our menu. So we introduced it pretty quickly and so Alan came back a week later and we had a sign up that said, introducing our super size bowl for $14.50. And he, go, he, was, he looked at me and he goes, oh my God, that's, that's my idea. You, you, my idea is on the board. And I said, yeah, do you wanna try a super size bowl? And he said, yes. And at, that happened, he literally became our single greatest customer ambassador. <laughs> I've ever seen. Every Saturday he would show up with 15 friends, they would take two tables, and he would make everybody get a super size bowl. And he just absolutely loved it. And we would feature him on social media. And so he was so, he was, he loved the food, but he was so infatuated with the fact that we took his idea and we applied it to our company. We have a, a big sign in our space that says this magical space was created for you and it's the most photographed part of the Wynwood Yard. And we really, really use that to engage with our customers and remind them that the space is for them. So sometimes I'll walk into the yard and people will be bringing their friends and they'll go, they're on a tour. And so then they start telling them, and this was this, and this is that, and I watch them, they go around the whole space, and I'm like, this is so amazing. People are making it their own, and they go, and this is my favorite food truck, and this is my favorite bench, and this is my favorite plant in the garden. And people, they take, when you involve your customer and you give them a place to give you feedback and be part of your story, they will grab onto it, and they will, 
happily leap into the story with you. Um, and so I think that is sort of a really magical aspect of being able to work with your customers and, and take them seriously, take their feedback seriously. And if they say nice things, that's great. But if they say things that you don't want to hear, that is the point at which you should be listening. As you said before, active listening, that is when you should be most actively listening. The last thing that I would really like to um, get your creative juices flowing on is collaborating with the universe. The, I, the idea behind this is as follows. A lot of how our companies and our lives evolve has to do a lot more with the intentions we set and the mindset that we create around it than it does about the actual dynamics and factors in that, in that given moment. So sometimes you really just have to take enormous leaps of faith and set the vision, set the intention, and then stay positive no matter what happens. Sometimes really bad things can happen. Um, but if you can just replace skepticism and negativity with what if, and people come to you with ideas and you think, eh, I don't really like that idea, but let's just do a thought experiment and think about what that could possibly look like for us. Or tell yourself that you know, you're not going to say no to anything until you think it through. By the way, saying no is important sometimes, but that potential for amazing things to happen could happen even if it feels impossible to you at that moment. Miracles can actually come out of this. So I'll just give you a really quick overview on sort of how this played out in our space. So, you know, we had some really bad moments. I told you guys about the monsoon. And then in 2016, um, on August 3rd, the CDC announced that Zika had hit Miami. And I found out a few hours later that some of my employees had Zika. And so I became the first business owner and the only business owner in the United States to close her business because of the Zika outbreak. And we ended up in about 200 articles. Um, and it was not good press. So basically all the people that you want to be calling you all the time were calling my cell phone and I was not answering their calls. Um, but basically we had, we were in the middle of a public, a massive public health scare and our business was sort of very, very spotlighted in that and it was a really bad light. So we had some, um, thank God everyone's okay. Um, but we had some really challenging moments getting the business off the ground. Um, and some of them were really, like that was really out of our control. That was really, it was about the long game for us, right? A lot of people told me just don't say anything and let it roll. But we had a really strong loyalty with our community and we had a really, really enormous obligation with our team. And so for me, it was all about doing the right thing, even though it cost a lot more. Um, and I just said to myself in that very dark moment, as long as I can look at myself in the mirror for the rest of my life, everything else will sort itself out. But um, you know, this is an example of being in a dark moment. And what, what came out of it was pretty profound because I sat down with my now business partner and we said, look, this is a really bad situation. This is a really dark situation. And we are financially in a lot of trouble right now. So we have one of two options. We can either shut the whole thing down or we can make it a lot better. We can't stay where we are right now, it's not working. So we imagined the coolest space we could possibly imagine. We leased another lot. We brought in tons of new tenants. We brought in containers. We rebuilt our garden. We pull, I mean, we were literally zip ties, duct tape, not sleeping. Everybody was just working around the clock. And we reinvented the Winwood Yard. And it came out of a very dark moment, but we did not let our imaginations um, prevent us from just going to the full extent of how we thought it could be the best place to serve the community. And we bootstrapped it. And the outcome of that was um, our new and improved Winwood Yard. So the last thing I'll leave you with is this thought. Um, what I'd like you to take away from this right now is the idea that you 
should not limit yourself uh, in your imagination to what you can do with your business and how you can use your business to make a mark on the world and to change people's perspective on whatever it is that you're working day in and day out to do. Um, and I would encourage you to just get into the space of thinking about how big you can possibly go, what that looks like, not have any inhibitions about what that can be. And what I can promise you is that if you go there and you really are real with yourself about going there, that the universe will exceed your expectations and your wildest imagination about what can happen. And so this is sort of, for me, this was my moment, which is that um, I got a call one Thursday from one of my friends um, who we do a lot of work with, and she said, who is performing tonight at the Wynwood Yard? And I said, oh, we have this band. And she said, can you move them? And I said, sure. What, what, what am I moving them for? And she said, Shakira. And I said, yes, we will move them for Shakira. And at about 9 o'clock that night, Shakira tweeted that she would be at the Wynwood Yard. And several thousand people showed up. And she did a free show for our community. And people were touching her. I mean, you could see how close everybody was to Shakira. And if you had said to me two years before, when I was looking at all of this mud and rocks, that Shakira was going to get out of her car, walk across the street, and pop onto our stage, I would have laughed in your face. Um, but um, we, our, my team and I, we really, we trusted the universe. We trusted that there was a, a bigger picture in some really difficult moments. So I would just really encourage you to think about that, to think about collaborating uh, with the universe and what that can mean for you and what that can mean for your business. Thank you all so much. It was so fun. Good luck. Get collaborating. Thank you for listening to the Project Entrepreneur, the Tools podcast series. We are adding more episodes all the time, so please subscribe to get the latest on how to make your business successful. You can find more resources and learn about upcoming events at projectentrepreneur.org. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PJT Entrepreneur and like us on Facebook. Project Entrepreneur is a program of Rent the Runway Foundation and UBS. Special thanks to our community advisors, Black Founders, Latino Startup Alliance, Venture for America, and Historically Black Colleges and Universities Innovation, Commercialization, and Entrepreneurship Program.